Okay. We are now live. Let me go. Okay, we live. We live. It's live on mine. So right now it's on my page. If you want to go to your Facebook and share it from my page, you can. But um, welcome. I see we got. I see we got two viewers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now tuned into the Wage I See It podcast. This is episode number five. It's episode number five, and I have a special guest, I have an esteemed guest, a Brick City representative. Um, he is an author. You know what? I'm not even. I'm going to introduce him, but I'm going to let him introduce himself. This is North Bread author Keith Nuese. Nuese. I want to chop your name up. You know what I mean? You could. Uh, you could take it from here. Tell uh tell the people first of all tell the people how to follow you with your Facebook, your, your uh, Instagram if you have one. Uh, before we get into that, just let them know a little bit of who you are and how they can um uh, how they can follow you and uh and uh, keep up with your movements. Absolutely, peace and love to everybody here, everybody here live, everybody that's gonna come catch it in the after we after we go live. Um, my name is Keith Nwaze. I'm um. I'm an author, publisher, poet of uh, five books. Uh, we're going to build and we're going to talk further about my fifth, my newest release, which is Struggle. Um, you know, I'm a Newark resident. I work for the city of Newark. Um, I deal with homeless services, so I'm tapped into the community just like my brother is. He's tapped into the school system. Um, and it's about us. Um, I write for us. I write, I write our pain. I write our happiness. Um, I document our history. Um, you know, I try to give lessons on who we are and what, what we should be. Um, um, I appreciate you having me on your platform. Um, I'm, humbled. I'm humbled by it and um, I want to thank you. Uh, man, the, the pleasure is all mine, man. When you reached out, um, you know, you could have you could have reached out to anybody to be on a uh, podcast, but I appreciate you taking the time, you know, to uh, uh, inquire about it. You know, you followed up on it. You actually uh, dropped off the book. I actually have a copy of the book. I didn't finish it um, because you know what I mean as a father doing all of this stuff in the house. But I did get to, I did get to you know what I mean read a little bit of it. And um, I must say, man, the last time I the last time I read a novel has been a couple of years. But normally when I pick up a book, it's hard to put it down. I was at work, you know what I mean, reading it and. Um, it's a lot of stuff in here, man. First of all, I want to commend you on even um, um, turning your pain and your experiences and your downfalls and your triumphs, turning that into a uh, into a vehicle of motivation for anybody who reads your book. Uh, when I was reading the book, uh, I like your your wordplay. I like everything that you were saying in the book. I can actually visualize it. So, um, um, salute to that, man. Like. I felt like 
I was in Jersey Girls. You know, what I, mean? I felt like, you know, what I, mean? I felt like, you know, what I mean, I was, I was on the block. I like, you know, that you put it all in here in such a, in such a visual way. Like, you definitely have a way with words. I'm definitely gonna um, check out the first, uh, the first four books. Mm -hmm. I can tell this, you seasoned. I can tell this. <laughs> I can tell this is not, you know, what I mean, your first book. The wordplay was crazy. I appreciate that, but um. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm gonna get right into the interview. Um, first of all, uh, being a father, you know what I mean. I um, I can um, identify with that. Um, it was something. It was something in your book where you were talking about uh, a home. You, uh, I, I don't want to chop up exactly what you, but the way you described it is not the brick and the wall is. Is what is what you accomplish with your family in your home? I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that, that, that yeah, that definitely resonated with me. Now, being as though you used to be, you used to work for the Dyfus system, used to be a bouncer. How do you think those two professions help you be a better father? Help you be a better um, protector? Oh man, that's a great question. First and foremost, thank you for your compliments. Thank you for the opportunity to build with you. I'm, I'm humbled by even just being in your presence. I'm humbled that you took the time to look at my words and that you gave me um, such positive feedback. So thank you. Um, my, 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 I, I structured the book a certain way. I wanted the audience to first meet me as a worker, somebody giving services to our community, to our people. Um, so we start at night me in the, in the strip club, me um, diffusing conflicts, me seeing a lot of um, a lot of the BS that takes place in the atmosphere and um, goes into day, me being a, a, a social worker for the Division of Youth and Family Services for eight years and me seeing abuse and neglect and trauma up close. And going through and living and working in those experiences for eight years showed me how important it is to love and communicate and to spend time with your kids. And um, showed me that at a blink of an eye, everything could be taken from you. It, it showed me how hard it is to regain your, your, your family or any how hard it is to even regain the respect that, that your family has or have for you. So, you know, um, although as we go through the book and you'll definitely see, you know, I ran into a couple of roadblocks where I compromised my cost of living, I compromised my family structure. So even as you alluded to the, to the um, third chapter, which is a uh, title home, you know, I'm talking about, you know, a home is not this uh, brick and plaster and, and the foundation, the actual physical foundation. It's the love and the companionship that really makes, turns the house into a home. And um, I wanted you to, I wanted the audience, as you said, I wanted to write in a visual in a straightforward way. I wanted to accompany my words with visuals so I can play the, paint a clear picture of struggle. All right, right. I respect that. Um, while I was reading the book, you know what I mean? I would like, I would see that you, you split the book up into, I guess, different, different stages of your life. In mm -hmm. the middle of the stages, you have, um, you have poems, you have poems in the middle of your stages. And, um, one of the poems that, uh, that stuck out to me, you know what I mean? Um, was the poem where you were, you basically, um, you were talking about the place that you work, which is the strip club. You don't really like it, but it's money. 
Like mm-hmm. it's an income. Like you, you have to do it. It's not something that you necessarily want to do. Mm-hmm. And um, me being, you know, I've been in security since um, 2011. So I've I've worked every. I think I've, huh? You're a veteran. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely. Ten years in, damn near. Yeah, on. yeah. Actually, yeah. I started in 2011. I, I think I worked every security place except. I don't know uh, TSA. Um, me being being security, I know what it is to. You have to be vigilant. You have to. You know what I mean. You you have to be firm in your profession because at any given time, like anything can happen. You know what I mean. I worked at New Vista. It was like a, a, a old folks home, and like some people come out. You know they pee on themselves. They try to escape. All of these different things. And in your book, you talked about. You know what I mean? Working in a place you don't want to work, but you have to because you got to provide for your family. I I identify with that because it's been jobs that I'm like, is it worth it? But then, you know what I mean? I can't come home. You know what I mean? I can't explain to my to my kids. I quit my job, but I still can't. I still can't feed you. How do you think working? How do you think working in these environments made you? Do you think working in these environments made you push even harder to provide for your family? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what, what what you know and what you describe, because we're in the same profession where our safety is in jeopardy nightly. Every time we punch in, you you what you're showing your your viewers is a, a man's sacrifice, a man's willingness to put themselves in harm's way to provide for their loved ones, whether it be their kids or whether it be their wife and kids and family. Um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself over. I'm still bouncing as we speak, King. So you know, I'm I'm 14 years in. I started this in uh, 2006, and I worked everywhere from strip clubs to upscale clubs in Hoboken. And you learn that alcohol brings out the best and worst of us, usually the worst of us. And how we approach situations, how we approach individuals, will determine how we get home each night. And you learn over trial and error. You learn that, you know, eye contact is essential. Voice tone is important. Um, listening skills is, is is your shield. And understanding that you're there to enforce someone else's rules. You're not there to cause bodily harm. The moment you step out of that and, and you you so-called abuse your privilege and you be a bouncer or, or in your case, a security guard, you're going to usually have vengeance that come, by, come up on you. But if you come at it with respectful, even in a disrespectful situation, you'll be able, be able to navigate that and get out of it safely. Jersey Girls was like college for me because yeah. it was so intense. You know, things would happen zero to zero to 60, just like that. You know, I can go from looking at beautiful women dancing seductively to the beat to in the midst of a, a brawl with Patron bottles flying past my head, you know, yeah. and, and I'm in the midst of it with a black shirt. And I'm, I'm not getting sucker punched because of my presence and because of what I'm saying. And, you know, that, that unfortunately is a, a shock. It's a trauma that goes with it, as you know, because I'm sure you don't been in situations that you didn't plan for nor that you cared about, but you were paid to defuse. And through trial and error, through listening to older security guards and listening to my elders, I was able to make it, make it through, knock on wood, without any uh, major, major uh, injuries. Right, right, right. Um, 
salute to that. You know, I could definitely identify with uh, my life being threatened. You know what I mean? Um, I I don't think it's ever been 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 to the point of you know somebody trying to kill me or somebody trying to get in with a weapon. But I've definitely been there. Um, right. hey, can I? Um, my bad. I didn't answer your other question. What I was trying to, as far as the poem that you was referencing, um, it's in the chapter atmosphere. And it's called See What I See. And it's I'm essentially me walking into an atmosphere that I wouldn't go to on my personal time, that yeah. I kind of grew out of, that I really don't understand. But like you go through, I have kids. You know, I have two biological kids and I have two stepkids that are my biological kids that want things and need things. And yeah. to supplement my income, you know, I sacrifice my health and my safety to get that under the table cash money on a nightly basis. But right. you're seeing the, the the conflict, the duality of the things I see, the people I'm around, and anticipating the night that's before me. So, um, you know, thank you for uh, highlighting that poem because you know that that means a lot. Like, damn, I don't want to be here, but yeah, I'm here. Ab absolutely, man. I could definitely. I think anybody, um, no matter what your profession is, like everybody's not um satisfied with their job but it's like you got a family to feed you got a family to provide for so that goes beyond everything you got to look past every single thing i need that check i need that bag um um another question i have for you most most men um black men we we use different outlets to 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 blow steam off or we use different outlets as hobbies i don't know that many black writers so what when did you when did you make up in your mind that you was gonna you know you was gonna write you was gonna put it put your experiences you know what i mean your ups your downs everything essential in your life when did you decide you know what i'm gonna write a book about this because a lot of people they say, well, my life is so crazy, I could write a book about it. But very few people actually sit down, go over, you know, what they want to include in, in their life's work to put in their book. Like, what was the moment when you was like, you know what, I'm going to write about this? And then and then what were the steps um, um, after that? Because I know you had opposition, uh, people saying, you can't write no book, like, Right, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's always opposition when people when you say you're going to do something and people can't can't think if people don't people don't think they can do it. They'll put that on you because I can't do it. Okay. I'm going to say you can't do it. Did you have any of those experiences when you when you first uh, decided that you wanted to write? Absolutely. I'm going to start with this question and we'll double back to where you started. Absolutely. Uh, my family, my family is very loving. They're very supportive, supportive, but they're not entrepreneurs. They're not creative. They don't express themselves enough for me, but let alone enough for themselves and others. So, um, you know, I, I'm on a single path right now, and I'm blazing a trail for them to follow because I believe that they all have a story to tell. Um, on, on Facebook Live, I want to shout out my Aunt Marjorie, my Aunt Marjorie Elliott, She's been in very in tune into my writing, commenting in detail, giving me um, detailed perspective on what I'm writing. And I really deeply appreciate that. 
because you know to put yourself out there it, it takes a, a certain amount of courage it takes right. a certain amount of foresight you're, you're leaving yourself open for critique for criticism right. and um especially where we come from we talk about black males expressing themselves and documenting that expression is extremely important because it's not a lot of us you know for every richard wright there's about a thousand maya angelou's for every you know james baldwin there's a you know a thousand sonia sanchez and so on and so forth so you know to answer your initial question i'm a i'm a baby of hip-hop all right um i listen intently and not only did i vibe and bob to the music but i really broke down the stories the messages I really got in tune with the rhyme schemes that was delivered to me. Now, Sid Jones is my teacher. Um, he's the first one in 1994. My cousin Ahmed Elliott, um, Ahmed Zango, pardon me, gave me the greatest gift of my life, and that was Illmatic. And it changed the way I decipher words, how it changed my expectation level of, of writing. And um, from there, I just listened intently, 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 intently. And I did that until 2004. Four, until I got hired at a place called Community Access Unlimited. And one of my co-workers, Anna Nunez Robinson, or Robinson um, she's a Renaissance woman. And um, she does everything from writing to painting to everything. And she wrote a, um, a poem on bashing black males. And I instinctively went back to my desk and defended her. Right? And she did the most dopest thing that any person could do for any individual. She said, you're smart and I value what you have to say. And right there, for whatever reason, I took that word as word of God. And I went back to my desk and I kept writing. And the one poem turned into two, turned into three. And then four months later, I got a hundred poems. Those hundred poems uh, made its way to one of my creative writing teachers at NJCU, New Jersey City University. And she took a liking to my right hand. She said, oh, listen, you, you, you strong. And she was the one that said, you need to publish your book. She was the, the, the distant relative that said, that walked me through it, that called me every day and said, not who you are, but what you're saying matters. And I'm humbled to her. My job while I'm in this position is to meet the next person who's trying to write the book to let them know it's simple and it's possible, it's attainable. Right, you know what? I respect that, man. You know what I mean? Because it's writing writing is not easy it's 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 easy to talk but it's not it's not easy to write because you gotta you, you uh um you have to be i don't know you have to be good with words you know let me, I mean? let me ask you this real quick king listen we are all born with our gifts we are all born with things that we gravitate to things we pick up innately things that we could just do without any formal teaching my job as a writer is to inspire you to identify what you do well and when we meet whether it be at uh book fairs um any anywhere book signings etc i gotta let you know that you can do it because check it out i didn't read and write near nothing until i was 23 24. i humbled myself to the art and the craft and here we are today and i believe especially us we we have talents embedded in us so yeah Writing, writing might not be yours, but you might be good with your hands, or you might be good, you know, you might be good crafting things, or you might be good fixing things. Us right. parents, we got to make sure we identify our children's strengths and weaknesses, and we and we maintain the strengths while slowly but surely working on the weaknesses. Part, right. I'm sorry about that. 
<laughs> right now you good and then um the other question was about once you once you decided to actually go forward and um and write the book like what kind of opposition um did you face and did you use that as motivation like you know what i mean you saying i can't do it i'm definitely going to do it or you just you or, or or you always had that drive once once you spoke to your um your special writers teacher and she told you to go forward it was like the fire was already was already in it from there like you already you already made up in your mind like i'm gonna do it you know I, what i mean What's no, i was intrigued about it and i love the creative process that i experienced when i got a new album when i went to scratch records in Irvington or springfield ave and i picked up it was written and I ripped open that package and I opened up the album and read who produced what, who wrote what. And I love that feeling. I wanted to duplicate that feeling. I wanted someone to pick up my book and experience my creativity. Um, as far as the opposition, the, the greatest opposition I had was my own self. I was walking into unknown territory. I had no blueprint, no family members, nobody in my immediate circle that I can really lean on. So I had to have confidence in myself, which means I had to keep it to myself. Um, I didn't do too much talking. I still don't. I'm rolling it out. I've been working on this project that sits, sits behind me for a couple of years, but I feel like action is the best talking. Like me giving you the book actually speaks more volumes than me saying I'm working on something. Because like you were alluding to earlier, when you do that, you tap into other people's insecurities. You tap into other people's shortcomings, things that they saw for themselves that they didn't aspire to. The, the great and the strong will encourage you, but the average will discourage you. The average will give you the hate or the insecurities, and that can derail you off your path. If you're thinking about something, don't tell nobody. If you're serious about it, put it on paper, and every day work towards that goal. And then complete it. Then you talk, because you'll, all, you'll, be, you'll just be feeding questions. <laughs> right. Tell nobody. They'll be asking you, and then you just get on the feedback from there. Okay. Right. I respect that. Um, I only ask because me, because me personally, you know, it took me a while to actually jump into the podcast thing because I had a, I, I did radio, um, like in back in twenty twenty fourteen, and I was, I was insecure because. In the day of podcasting, you know, everybody has a podcast. And my mind state was like, I don't want to oversaturate the podcast game. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to look like um I'm I'm a part of a fad. You know what I mean? I've always been good with talking to people. I've always been good with entertaining people, making people laugh. But the one thing that that held me back was I was worrying about what everybody else around me was doing and not putting the blinders on and saying, I'm going to do this my way. I was, I was, I was comparing, you know, when I first thought I was comparing my pot, I was listening to other podcasts and I was comparing myself to them. And I had to realize we don't have the same, we don't have the same lane. You're not you are enough. You are huh? I said, you're enough. They're them and you're you. Right. And what you bring to the table has value. It has value in the people who believe in you. It has value in the people who follow you. It has value for me right now. You giving me your platform is extremely valuable to me. I'm, I'm being I'm being projected to people that I've never met, but I would love to meet. And that's because of you. 
So everything you're saying is the opposition that's in front of us, the self-doubt, the competition. What we have to do is we have to focus on our own craft, our own accomplishment, and give our best in that moment and see what happens from there. You did, and now I'm, I'm sitting on your show. You're not sitting on mine's, and that's a testament right. to you. Right. And again, I appreciate that. Um, so you have four books, and um, this, this is your fifth book, and it comes out October. October 30th officially, but um, shameless plug, I'll be at the pop-up shop, uh, Black, Black Male Businesses pop-up shop on uh, Springfield Ave in Maplewood, Saturday, between one to five. So if y'all wanna get an early release, I'm definitely letting some go early, but it will be on Amazon and everywhere on the, by the 30th, absolutely. Okay, okay, cool, cool. I'm glad I got mine, man. Y'all better get y'all's, man. This, this is some serious writing, man. You know what I mean? It's relatable. You know what I mean? Um, You can understand it. He not using fancy, smancy word. He keep it, it straight, straight to the point. Like, if you have any type of imagination, when you reading this, I could, I, I could see, I could see the strippers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I could, see, I could, I could smell a chicken. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Um, it's definitely a good book. What, what separates, um, this book struggle from the four books that you wrote previously? First of its kind. First of its kind, um, this is a combination of ongoing narratives, um, in-depth narratives, combining with in-depth poetry on top of visuals. So if you go to Barnes and Nobles, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find something of its uh, duplicate or something of its like. And um, I, I needed to be honest, poetry sometimes can be lost in interpretation, especially for our non-readers or our non-poet readers. So I wanted to be able to bridge that gap with straightforward narratives, something that can really take the reader on a ride of who I am and what I'm going through. Um, it, it differs from my book off that fact alone. Um, it differs from my book because this is an autobiography. This is my last five to six years. Um, normally or usually I write for or about my people, rather be current events, historical figures or things of that nature, emotional situations. I, I did all of that using my life, all right, using using me. Um, I felt there was time, my audience um, knows me now or they trust me enough. And um, I wanted to be honest with everything I'm going through and hope to heal everything my people are going through. Um, I'm not out of my struggle yet. Um, I think it's, it's, it's impossible to be an African-American African male or female in America and not endure struggle not endure a level of depression, not endure a level of self-doubt. And I just believe that God gave me certain abilities to, to try to bridge that gap. And while I'm here, thankfully, I just want to keep connecting with my people. At the end of the day, I'm here to connect with my people. I believe in us. I, be, I believe in us a lot. I mean, I really, really do. Even though we see we're divided, you know, even though systematically, mentally we're divided, I believe that we come from something extremely special. And if you ask their professors and their, and their historians, they believe it too. And um, I want to just do my part while I'm on this earth. I know books last longer than me, so I figured let me document my time, and hopefully it could be a remedy to the, the bullshit we're enduring now. Right, right, right. I respect that. Um, 
like I said, this, you know, this book is so dope. Um, I like that you got a chapter, then you have a poem or two poems, then you have another chapter, and it it, it blends so effortlessly because I noticed the I noticed the poems go with that part of your life that that you're portraying. The poem goes exactly with it, and then you had the pictures in it. I really I really like that, and I and I and I, I really think that's dope. I also noticed that you're using quotes from black uh from black uh famous uh famous artists, black famous writers. So mm -hmm. I would ask you, um, who is one of your one of your author inspirations? Like, what author uh, that you just read their books and you'd be like, "Yo, this is." It just inspires you to keep writing because I know you got a lot of influences. Because I see these are heavy hitters that you uh, uh, that you quoting. I think yep. uh, Pop, it may have been uh, Maya Angelou. I'm not sure. It was uh it was a black black woman. Yeah, it, it, I noticed. it ranges from Angela Davis to Malcolm X, Tupac Shakur, Nipsey Hussle, um, Muhammad Ali, um, um, George Jackson. To answer your question, my favorite my favorite writers, the ones who impact me and influence me the most, would definitely be Richard Wright and James Baldwin. Um, the style, the perspective, the technique. Um, I, I learn. I use that as medicine. I read every morning at least for 30 minutes to kind of activate my mind and to kind of get me going. And those writers, uh, specifically, those have ex extreme impact. But the one book that really transformed me, that, that literally took me from boy to man, that I, I first comprehended was the autobiography of Malcolm X. And um, his story, um, the way him and Alex Haley blended his story, the language used to express that story, um, it, it inspired me. It's my favorite um, autobiographies or my favorite to read. So if you look at the cover, underneath my arms are all of my favorite books. Right, and I noticed in, all, in all of those books, I put some of my books as well. But um, these are my influences. So that's why I pick my influences and I have them as uh, I use certain quotes as chapter uh, starters or chapter introductions just to um, let the readers know this is who I was influenced by. This is my autobiography. The honesty that I'm displaying to you is the same honesty that they documented in their books. And I learned, I learned, I learned time management from Malcolm X. I learned, I learned commitment and strategy from Huey P. Newton. I learned incarceration, but learned incarceration, but the spirit still spot on flying high from George Jackson. I learned I learned intellectual conversation and intellectual theory from Angela Davis. You know, these are the people that I was reading as I was transforming myself. And um I wanted that as a point of reference for anybody who brought struggle. Right, right. Um I noticed I, I noticed you have the uh, you have the like you like like the Pan African um, uh, uh, garments, mm -hmm. which is very fly. You know Thank what I mean? I need, I need to I need to know you got this blazer from man. This this blazer, this blazer. I ain't never seen no blazer like this with the you know what I mean, with the uh, with the silk lapel. Mm -hmm. Um, dude, you. would you say that? Uh, are you into Af African 
spiritualism or you just or you just pro you just pro black you into black culture i'm into anything african i'm not educated in the african spiritualism but i'm into anything african um um i was raised by a beautiful african-american woman i was raised by a strong african-american male um his name was herb middleton he's no longer with us but um, I definitely want to document some of our experiences and some of the values that he gave me. I still utilize today. My mother, my mother is extremely strong, beautiful, dynamic. She really raised the bar of expectations. I would have never touched a college campus or believed in myself um, as an intellectual without her guidance and her influence. But my blood, my aggressiveness, my ability to set a goal and accomplishment and accomplish it is Nigerian. It comes from my Nigerian blood. And sadly, I wasn't raised with my Nigerian father, but that blood is in me. Right. And I pursue my goals like a Nigerian. I talk like a Nigerian. I interact with people like a Nigerian. And um, I want to show people that this is who we are. I love Jacksons, Williams, Johnsons, and every other of those names, but those are not our names. Right. Those are not who we are and where we're from. Those document our history in America, but they don't define our culture. And I want to be a representation. I want to dress a certain way that's still us, but at the same way, it's, it's attached to our roots and our lineage. I want to inspire. I definitely, without a question, I'm going to give you... Um, the, the apparel line that I get get these shirts from because you know what I mean you're gonna rock it and you're gonna do your damn thing out there yeah, and I want yeah. us to embrace it because check it out everything that the oppressor is capitalizing off of everything that the oppressor has survived off of came from us it sounds yeah. extreme after 400 and 500 years of brainwashing and programming but it's a it's a documented fact and once again, us identifying with our, our African country, our, our lineage, us having real pride in it in a, on American soil will be the first, will be the foundation for change. We have to go back there. Reason being, if we don't, then we will never be unified. We'll be this, we'll be splintered. We'll be all these different voices, Black Lives Matter, uh, education, uh, and we all speaking here instead of speaking here and ultimately doing this to the system. You know, and, um, I just wanted to subtly represent something that was systematically rooted out of our psyche. And that's why I dress the way I dress. My graphic designer, you know, my um, I have two birth, certific um, birth certificates. Um, I was born Keith Nueze, but my stepfather took on the, the arduous task of um, raising me at the age of four. And my name was changed to Keith Middleton, right? And my graphic designer on my last book did one of the best things in the world. He like, your name is your name. And that name holds real value. Absolutely. And I refuse to put a Middleton on anything else. Love and respect to Middletons. Love and respect to the history that, that's behind that name. But ain't nothing stronger than the ways <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um some uh some some important person said your last name 
will always be more important than your first name. Absolutely. The last name is which is what you carry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That goes back to that that goes into the family dynamic. Once you, you know, once you marry and you have kids, they carry they carry your name. You know what I mean? So I definitely can identify with um you having your name. You know what let I mean? Me, so, let me add to your wisdom. That's why they systematically, the moment they got you off that ship, and the moment they auction you off to someone, the very first thing they did before they send you out in them fields to make profit off of them is they changed your name. Right. Let's settle that in. We Roots touched us deeply. They touched us deeply when he was fighting to hold on to Kunta Kinte. Right. But I want us to understand why that 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 punk was using every power in his, his, his veins to beat that out of him because study has showed him that we are kings and queens and if we speak and we unify with one another even in a foreign land without gunpowder and everything we will overthrow you yeah so we have to mentally and systematically divide you and um you know what to to piggyback off of that, um, I don't know if you're if you're familiar with with the book uh, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. I heard of that. I heard of that. I haven't read it. Uh, man, it it, it uh, I forget the sister name. She's a doctor who wrote it, but that book breaks down the current mental state that we're in. It made me realize why why we talk to each other the way we talk to each other. Why we treat each other the way we treat each other, why we look at how we look at ourselves as a whole. And that goes back to what you that goes back to what you said. They stripped us of of everything. Our culture, our name, our language. Every, literally, they took everything away from us. The only thing they couldn't take away was our perseverance. Mm. For generations, we've always, we've always found a way to live, to survive, to thrive. I noticed that about us. We made, even though we've been at the bottom for so long, we're still functioning. I don't think anybody, any other race that was put in our position would still be, you know what I mean? We still the coolest. We still the most creative. We still we still got the most rhythm. We still uh physically dominating any sport that you can think of. And that and that goes to our our makeup. Mm-hmm. Like what we made out of. It's already in us. Let me throw this at you, King. We define cool. Absolutely. Internationally. Absolutely. Absolutely. It ain't cool cool until we do it. Until we do it. Until we we grace it, until we make it our own, then everybody else jumps bored. But what what you're saying is, once again, it's study. See, the oppressor became the oppressor and obtained the power that the oppressor now possessed out of humbleness. And he befriended us, and, and he and she or whoever studied us. And another thing that's not in these history books, too, we was overthrowing these motherfuckers for years. We was killing these jokers. Uh, and that's when they started mixing our tribes up and they started they started doing what we were doing because we warrior spirits. 
And that's that's systematically left out of the, the, the history books because they don't want us to see our power and unification. Right. To, to go back to it, they understood because they were being thrown overboard and Johnny wasn't coming home from that voyage that we 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 gotta we gotta separate them. We gotta break them down to the core. We gotta rape their women in front of them. We gotta take their children. We gotta castrate their men. We have to go to extreme measures to break these warrior spirits. Right. And they're still going through it now. Knee oh, yeah, that's it. Neck, knocking down somebody's door, 42 rounds, hitting a young lady. You know, they they, they this is this is all fit. Right. Joker running this way. And they they seven shots in the back because I'm afraid of you, and yeah. I, I want to say with emphasis, it's humbleness and this in this direct study. They know who we are. Oh yes, they do. A, a, a white professor who was honest enough with himself educated me. They know who we are, and TV politics, all of it, heroin, lack of employment, prison system. Education system is all designed to separate us, to weaken us. All right. So, go ahead, brother. Um, since we on, you know what? Since we on it, because I figured, you know what I mean. You being who you are, I knew this conversation was gonna go, and it's perfect because, you know what I mean. We'll, we we just talking now. You know what I mean. We we, we can go back to the book um, whenever, but I, I like. I like where this is going. Being as though we're so close to the elections, and you know, it's a lot of pandering. It's a lot of you know um, the Black Lives Movement. Um, uh, that be, that is a fraud because it they somebody infiltrated something that we made, and they made it something else. It went from Black Lives Matter to. You know, trans lives matter. The trans black trans. They they didn't they, they didn't took it somewhere where it don't where it don't need to be. They didn't switch the whole movement. You know what I mean? So my question to you is, you know, what I mean? you being a black man in America, um, entrepreneur, um, writing books, authors. What would you what would you say to um, young young black boys and young black girls coming up? As far as you know, what is your mind state mind state on voting? Will it help us? Will will you know? Has it helped us? Do you think they'll? Do you think there will ever be a significant change on the behalf of our people? Yes. Let me answer that question. Yes. What I would tell my young brothers and sisters who are coming up behind me, what I would tell my son and daughter, what I would tell your children is be prepared to sacrifice it all if you really want change, but your sacrifice won't go in vain. What I would tell them is voting is extremely important because it is your voice. Voting and um, voting is extremely important. Um, it has value, but nothing has value. Nothing has more value than showing up to your board of education meetings. Nothing has more value than understanding what your mayor, what your governor, and what your senator is doing, because that helps. That hurt. That either supports or hurts you immediately. 
but you do need to have your voice. Your voice needs to be heard on the federal level. Um, Donald Trump, I believe, is doing us a favor because he's reminding us comfortable niggas that racism does still exist. Yeah. Um, because they switched up the pattern of how they express themselves in the um in the late sixties and seventies to institutional racism. So niggas and not sitting in the back of the bus and water fountains. They they left those silly games alone. And what they did is they built a bunch of prisons. What they did is they watered down the education system. They outsourced it all of the employment and they said, go survive. Basically. And that's the new form of racism. And we need somebody so ig- uh, so ignorant, so caught up in their own philosophy to go tell us how they really feel and what they really say in those closed doors. Um, get out there and vote, but know what you're voting for. Do research because it has been proven over hundreds and hundreds of years, whether it be Democrat or Republican, is all the same trauma for us black folks. So, you know, one is going to say it in one way and one's going to say it another way. Understand who you're voting for and then do the hard job of picking the lesser of two evils. Um, but picking none doesn't help us because if we get we get low-level ignorance in office, then we're all compromised. We're all dealing with a COVID COVID um, disease that half the country's wearing masks, the other half, other, other half isn't wearing masks. You know, we're, we're now in a situation where we're going through another recession and we're economically behind and because they want to get certain bills, we're not going to get stimulus checks. So right. going on a, f- a federal level is extremely important, but what a direct you right now is going to them board education meetings, understanding who that principal is, understanding who those guidance counselors is, understanding where the money is going, because we, we need our, our kids to have a level of education because we can only do but so much. Our kids are the ones who's going to carry it on. Lastly, I would say Malcolm X died at 39. Martin Luther King died at 39. The Black Panthers was dismantled. Huey was in jail by late late 20s, early 30s. These are all kids that, that really shook up America in the 60s and 70s. America has taken the education system and shitting on it to make sure that will never happen again. Sad case, sad case. Um, I like the answers. You know what I mean? I've, I've, I've been on a fence about voting. Um, especially especially this year i watched the debates and i i didn't find any solutions i just i just seen two old white men arguing um throwing insults you know um I, to me it was more comical than anything and when you can laugh at a debate and don't get nothing out of it we in trouble so you know that's yeah that's why you know that's why i actually i needed somebody else um opinion I'm still on on I'm still on the fence about it. Like I voted when Obama got in, but you know I was like the regular dude. We ain't never seen this before. We ain't never seen a black office, so that's why I voted. But I don't really have a a, a notion. I don't. I'm not advising anybody who's watching this feed to not vote. But it's just I've seen enough, and I've seen less things happen for us. So that's why you know what I mean. I'm still. And listen, it's not going to change. We're living in a capitalistic society that gets rich off the poor. Um, right. The 1%, the 5%, whatever number we're going to tag them, they are not who they are without the poor. And the greater the distance it is between them and us, the more money they make. Um, to know who to vote for is to understand how politics work. 
all right, to understand that, yeah, a president is a president, but no, ma no matter what a president thinks or tries to do, that bill has to go to Congress. And that Congress and Congress has to vote on it to actually for it to actually become law. So just like we we are well as a country we're in tune to the debates and the presidential election electoral race, we need to be in tune to who's being put into those uh, seats. We need to be um, in tune to who's our senators and who's actually in those rooms that can get bills that really affect us into motion. A president, a president is a figurehead, is a mouthpiece for America. You have better mouthpieces than other, but they all are like a, a spoken will. They all are a part of the, the, the capitalistic system, which means we need to make money, and money is our source of power. So all the emotion stuff, we care about, If we only care about it if it compromises our money. Absolutely. If it compromises our money, then crack ep epidemic will be a crack epidemic. Um, HIV will HIV epidemic will be HIV. If, if you know, let me tell you this, if COVID wasn't airborne and all these businesses didn't close down, then they wouldn't care less neither. But guess what happened when all those businesses can, um, closed down and they stopped making money? They, they started rolling out stimulus checks and they started opening <laughs> prematurely. So yeah. we as people, we got to understand the capitalistic system and how it works. Right, right. Yeah, um, like I said, man, um, everything you said was spot on. You know what I mean? I think that they're too uh, they working they working on for the same team, but they just got different uniforms on. You know what I mean? One one is blue, one is red. Mm -hmm. To me, you know, it, it it really don't make a difference. But I just want to, you know what I mean? I just want to know like how long, how long do we have to, you know, be at the bottom? How long uh, are these cops going to get away with murdering us in cold blood? You know what I mean? Then we got it. It's kind of discouraging because we have a black AG in Kentucky who mm -hmm. you know, refused, mm -hmm. refused to bring charges against these these cowards. Cool. You know what I mean? So that just goes back to the point. Every every kinfolk ain't skinfolk. No. Just no. because you're black, it don't mean you have black people interests at heart, and that and, and that's just very discouraging to me. In a, in a capitalistic society, your position, your power, and your title dominates your culture and your skin color and race. So, if you get in a prominent position as that gentleman is in Kentucky, his underlying and major concern is maintaining that position that he has. The hundred hundred and fifty thousand plus salary that maintains his cost of living. And that's the danger of a capitalistic society. You can easily compromise individuals. Right. What will take to what will take to overthrow it, what will take to change police brutality, what will what, what will take it will take a, a series of colossal events that affects all sides. That's undeniable. This what we're going through is one of them, but what happens is this is rooted in science. And science is fueled by money. So the everybody is fighting for the next billion dollar contract to find a vaccine and to remedy this issue. We need something catastrophic. You know, we need something that really shakes the core. And I, I don't know if we'll see that in our lifetime. I pray that we do, but it's our job to ask the questions and to plant the seeds to our kids and our younger ones to understand that in order to really shake a capitalistic system, 
you really got to hit them in their home. Like I tell my people, it's beautiful to, to protest downtown and protest in our neighborhood. But if you want to really get their attention, go to Shore Hills, Livingston, Milburn, and everywhere in between. Right. Go right to their grass and you'll get their attention. You know, let it set it off there and you'll get your attention. Back to what you were saying, Bloods and Crips. Yo, I need y'all to go to Milburn. <laughs> I need y'all to have turf war and Livingston. <laughs> Fight it Word. out. Word up. Off. Let me see how thorough and strong you are. <laughs> I need y'all to go let it off right there in DC. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me see my illest thugs. We're going to go to jail anyway. Why not go to jail with our name in the history book? Right. Why not? Why not? Man? You know what I mean? Why not? Doing it, you know, yeah. you, 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 know, the media, trust <laughs> we, we gangster, but we, we ain't that gangster. Like, we, ain't stupid. We, 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 we not stupid. That's the whole point of lynching, of tarring, of cutting off penises, of, of leaving the body out there for seven days. That's rooted in our, our toughest gangsters. Look in my eyes when I say it. Look in my eyes, when I say it, big homie. Look in my eyes when I say it, leader. A great street or a leader of pie rules. <laughs> yeah. If you want to show me, you want to show me you're in the thug. You want to show me, show me something that gangster as hell. Go take that to the White House. And you know what? I'll be right with you. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, that that uh that about sums it up. Um when you run. We gonna go back to the book. What's one thing that you want all of your readers, anybody who comes across this book, struggle? What's one thing if they don't remember anything else? What do you want them to leave with after reading the book? I want them to understand that struggle can be overcome as long as we're willing to look in the mirror, as long as we're willing to see ourselves for who we are, as long as we're willing to slowly and painfully work on ourselves. I want them to talk to their loved ones. I want them to talk to themselves. I want them to write. I want them to go to therapy. We have to heal each other. Um, some of the, you know, when you get through the book, um, the second half chapter just talks about when communication goes painfully wrong, um, domestic violence, um, you know, drug, alcohol abuse, etc. These are all the um, results and results of struggle. So I want them to understand that you can't make it through. I deal with homeless services for the city of North. So I encounter struggle daily. Um, I'm still bouncing. I encounter alcoholism nightly. And, you know, we can overcome it. We're all harboring a level of pain. But we have to be honest with ourselves, with ourselves only, to really overcome it. And once we do that, we can start evolving into the kings and queens that we are. Right, right. I, I respect that. I can't wait to actually um, finish the book because the the book is so good, man. Like um, every time, like every time I every time I read it, I can picture, I can picture everything that you're going through. I can see everything that you're saying, and like you put it in the book, I try to put it on my podcast. I try to put it in humor when I talk to people because. Is really uplifting, you know what I mean? And, and you're definitely 
an inspiration to myself and I hope an inspiration to anybody that's li- that's listening, that's watching because um you exemplify what can be done despite where you grew up at, despite the circumstances you grew up in because you know what I mean, you're from the hood. You like you know what it is to be a black man in a hood. You know what it is to be a big black man in the hood because they all look at us the same way. You know what I mean? So they want to kill us first. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. So, um, I respect that. You know what I mean. You put, you put your time, you put your blood, sweat, and tears in here, and this is a, this is a testament of inspiration. Like this is gonna make me go harder because to, to like to be honest, I haven't been doing my podcast in you know months. You know what I mean. So this is actually the first. You know. You you like you actually you know help me bring it back. I don't know when I was gonna do another. I don't know when I was gonna record. You need it. You need another. it. I'm about to actually okay. see your people. Number one, love and respect to you. Your inspiration to me. All right, everything the way you carry it. You're a man through and through. Every time that we we have spoke, your kids were involved in that conversation, and that that shows the strength of a man, show the strength of you. So uh, number one, let me salute you. Um, num- number two, let me let you know that you are needed. Your voice, your platform, your connection with our brothers and sisters is needed. So, you know, I urge you to, if time allows, to to do more podcasts. I actually, when we get off, I'm going to hit you with a couple of uh, strong authors and strong artists that, you know, maybe you can, oh, you can that- link up. You know, definitely. Um, definitely. I'm, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I, I'm always here to promote, to promote us, for one, because you know it's a lot of, you know, whether you selling clothing, whether you rapping, whatever it is, and it's positive. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. And then we all, we all from the city. We all from Texas County. Whether it's North Irvington, East Orange, you know what I mean. I want to push us. I want to push us. So that's why I was like, I was so, you know, sometimes when people say, oh, I want to be on your podcast, you know, it's like, okay, what is, it's rarely a follow up. It's normally, yo, let me begin on your podcast. But they don't have no, no substance. They don't, they, they're not promoting nothing. They're not bringing any value to the podcast. So I appreciate that you even, you know, you took the time to reach out and you could have just forgot about it and been, like you know what? But you actually came back. You actually did. You actually said you were gonna bring me the book. You brought me the book. Got it signed. You said we're gonna do. We're gonna do it this day. You made yourself available, and for that, I appreciate that because you could have. You could have been like, you know what? Whatever. You know what I mean? But I'm glad that you 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 reached out, and you you did. I value your time. I value your time. Yeah, I value too value you too much to waste that time um number one you did everything that i did you followed up you you were a man of your word so is this what it is is real real brothers connecting we're, we're putting good energy out in the universe we're, we're showing other brothers who are going through disagreements that it is possible to connect we're showing brothers that aren't going through disagreements that secretly admire one another it's okay to reach out to that person you know, I reached out to you and you got right back at me. 
All right, that's number one. You didn't ignore it or nothing. You got right back at me. We built, we, we exchanged numbers, we, we met, and here we are. And actually, this is the first of many. You know, this is not the last, this is the introduction. You know, anything yeah. that I I want to, I want to definitely be calling you. I'm, I'm gonna be doing the same thing. And if you if you need me in any fashion, I will be honored to support anything you have going on. So Hold you on, know, Dad. it's mutual. It, it's mutual. I just want to say thank you, and um, it's just the beginning. Absolutely, man. I definitely appreciate you um taking your time, you know, to even you know sit here with me, and you know what I mean. Talk about your book, like I said. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish this book, and we are gonna go real, real in depth. Cause this, <laughs> this is good. I wish I had time to have finished it, but I, I, I really didn't want to give too I much. I really didn't want to give too much of it because it, it's like a movie. You don't want to. You don't want to discuss everything. You know yeah. what I mean? But I, I did want to. You know, I did want to touch bases. Let you know that I did actually. You know, I did actually read it, read some of it, and you know what I mean. And if anything, I just wanted us to build. I have fun. You know what I mean? Um, you're a very intellectual brother. You know what I mean? What well, no, y'all mean, yeah, we shut dog. You 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 know what I mean? You was real, I mean, you, I mean, you were real articulate, and I understood exactly what you were saying. It wasn't like you know, some rinky dink interview, like we was really building. So definitely, um, this is not going. This is not going to be the last time. You know, next time I'm, 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 I may call you up. You know, to chop it up like we doing that. It may not be in uh, interview form, but y like you, you have a vibe that you have a lot to say. Um, you've been through a lot. You can teach a lot. You know what I mean. So I, you know what I mean. You never know. I may, I may be calling you again. You know what I mean. We could do this. Just, uh, you know what I mean. A, a, a brother's bill episode, you know what I mean? But this episode was strictly to promote your book, to let everybody know, you know, in Essex County and North that this is a brother that came up in a struggle. You know what I mean? You went through your trials and tribulations and you have your own book, own face, you, you, you know what I mean? Published under your company, you know what I mean? So I respect that. And I see that you got it, um, got the publisher in Essex County because I do blogs. Well, I used to. I used to do blogs because I, I, I'm a, I'm a social media head. I be on Twitter a lot. I got a lot to say, so, um, I just, I just, I just, I just keep my ear to the streets. You know, I could be intellectual, but I try to be real well versed. That's why I do the podcast because sometimes it's not enough to, to, to make a post or to, to tweet about it. Sometimes I gotta really gather my thoughts. But I thought about writing. I never really took it serious, serious enough. But I'm gonna link you to some of my um some of my blogs. I got a blog on World on uh, WordPress. And um, if you, if you could you know take a look at it, tell me what you think. Um, now, not only not only will I take a look at it, I'll contribute to that blog. If there's anything, any topic that you know you have space for my right hand, you know I definitely will contribute it. It's important okay. that we support one another. It's important right. that you're elevated to your highest, highest possibility, because you know what I mean. If I get you up into the, up into the sky, you're gonna you're gonna catapult me up into the stars, and then I'm gonna catapult you up into the heavens, and we're gonna live forever. Um, yeah. Everything people are watching you, so understand that that people's doubts are being eased by your success. 
by you putting content out there. It's a lot of people that would love to have a podcast, blog, etc., and they on the fence and they they're looking at you and you're inspiring them. And um, I want you to know, no matter what, whether it be brotherhood, the conversations, whether it be any topic, you call me. I'm available. It's love and respect always. Um, you got a friend here. You got a brother, and um, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. Like I, I, you know, what I mean, yo, the the feeling is definitely mutual. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't have this couldn't have went better than it went. You know what I mean? It was everything I expected it. Uh, when I was reading the book, you talk exactly how you write, so I knew, I knew you was going to drop some knowledge. You know what I mean? So I definitely, um, I definitely enjoyed this interview, man. Like I said, um, this is a, this is the first of many. Um, thank you, thank you for taking your time to you know come come to my podcast. Thank you for the book. I got it signed. I got it exclusive. Don't be hating, y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta wait till the thirtieth, all right? You know what I mean? I, I got mine, and no, you can't. No, you can't borrow it. Support, support black businesses. Support black authors. You know, you if you could read them Freaky Zane books, you could read a book with some substance. You know what I mean? Definitely got some substance, man. Um, again, thank you for coming through. You know what I mean? It was a smooth transition. We didn't have any issues with the sound and all that. Thank God. Um. And uh, we had a couple of viewers. They was going in and out, but I'm a I'm a go back. I don't know if anybody commented, but I'm a go back. Um, if anybody, we got two viewers. You could tell them where to follow you at if you want. Um, face. I tagged you on the um page, but you could tell them your Facebook, your mm -hmm. Instagram, um, however they can follow you, where they can purchase your book, and um, yeah, let's yeah. jump out. On um, Facebook, you can follow me on the Keith Nwaze, and that's N-W-E-Z-E. Um, you can definitely follow me there. Instagram, I'm under um, I am underscore King 616. Once again, I am underscore King 616. You can also um, you can purchase my book on Amazon. Struggle will be available um, um, October 30th. Um, my previous books are there. The Black Collection Volume 1 is a bestseller to date. Um, soul exchange. My second book is all sold out, so I print that on demand. The Heart Startless Plan, um, Raw Thoughts of a Wise Dumb Man is my first book. So you can get all of that on Amazon, as well as you can visit my website, which is rawthoughts.com. Raw Thoughts with a Z. So no S at the end. You're gonna substitute that with a Z.com, and you can get my stuff over there. One more thing before we go, I'm, I'm publishing a genius, a good friend of mine's project. This this June, June 2021, 20, brother's name is Rasin Poole, one of one of our up-and-coming greats. He wrote um multiple uh multiple novels while 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 finding himself. And we're gonna publish his first one, which is titled The Porter Family Problems. Look for that um June 2021. I'll probably build with you, me and you, and I would like for him to maybe converse with you. Um he oh, got a strong Absolutely, man. You know, absolutely. Uh, send them through, man. You know, I'm always, like I said, I'm always, um, I'm always willing to push us, black people, before anything. No disrespect to any other race, but we got to get ours first. Absolutely. So, I'm, um, like I said, I'm, a, I'm gonna continue to do my podcast. I'm gonna do it more regularly because I actually like this format where we, nah, I mean, I could talk. We can. We can converse with anybody that's listening that I can convert it to the application that I use for my podcast. But um, 
I thank you. Can I say one more thing? My bad, because it's a, it's a strong brother, and this dude is a supporter, and um, he has a book coming out. That's crazy. That's crazy. I want to shout out my brother Elliot Fant. The world as okay. I see it. Um, look, look for that early 2021. That's somebody I definitely want to hook you up with. Um, he's a, he. I'm an author. I'm a poet. I'm a publisher. This brother right here is the author and one of the meanest spoken word artists in North Jersey. This dude right hand and his ability to perform his right hand is incredible. Um, I want everybody to be looking for the world as I see a project um, early 2021. Elliot Fant. I want to shout out all my my poet brothers. Um, um, Tayshawn, Starsky, Glover, Rob. No, no. Um, do me a favor. All the, if, if they have, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> if they have social media, or um, if they on Facebook, in the uh in the live video, tag them. You know what I mean? Okay. So I can I can add the I can add these brothers and sisters on that's uh that's doing what you're doing because I definitely want to do more interviews. Um I think I did pretty it, it's been years since I interviewed uh uh somebody. It, at least at least five years. So you back, actually okay. yeah, you, 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 huh? Yeah, it's like it's like riding a bike. You you yeah you yeah yeah. yeah the, um, more the more comfortable I got, you know, the more you know, because I was kind of like, yo, what, what am I gonna ask them? You know, I I, I don't want to give too much away. I don't want to ask too personal questions. So it was like you made it comfortable for me, and that and that I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate that, and you know what I mean. Your words of wisdom, you know, I'm gonna hold them um, forever. I'm not gonna forget this uh this interview. I'm actually gonna keep it up on my page. I'm not gonna delete it. I'm gonna keep it on my page mm -hmm. so you can actually share it if you didn't, so everybody else can um can watch it when it's uh when it's over. But again, ladies and gentlemen, Keith Nueze, he was on the Wage I See It podcast. I appreciate everybody who tuned, even if you tuned in for a couple seconds, you you viewed it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you. And uh, we definitely gonna be um we definitely gonna be talking soon. We're gonna be linking soon, man. And uh, how about them cowboys? I I I peeped when you came to jump off the book. You had the New York uh had the New York <laughs> face mask, and I'm like, you know what? I ain't even gonna do it to him because we looking kind of bad ourselves. And I didn't know we was gonna win or not. So I'm like, you know what, if we win. If we want, if we want, I'm gonna throw a little shot. But if we lose, I ain't gonna say nothing. Well, I well, listen, nothing. listen, we're both sorry. We're both in the NFC. <laughs> do some, and even in y'all victory, y'all lost. Y'all lost. Y'all quarterback. Man, um, I would, I would trade. I would trade the victory for Dak. If we, if we lose that game and we keep Dak, I would have it that way. I don't care about losing. But we we lost a big piece, man, and I'm still feel the type of way about that. So let, let me add this before you go, though. Last time y'all won a Super Bowl, Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> you had to go there, man. Last time Super Bowl, Tupac and Biggie's alive. My son is four, my son is fourteen, and he has seen two Super Bowls. <laughs> we talking about all that Dallas Cowboy stuff. 
Don't I need recency bias bias. I need you to talk about what you did last year and the, the, the 10 years. <laughs> you know what? You got it. I, I can't even I, I can't even rebuttal that. I can't even rebuttal that. You know, I mean? I'm gonna let you get that off. But again, man, thank you. I, yo, I have fun. I appreciate you um, taking the time out, man. I know you're busy, author, father, you know, regulator, all of those good things, man. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Peace and love, man. All right.